let's find out what's happening on the weekend with this week's auctions and open homes. This week on our open homes and upcoming auctions, we're looking at the suburb of Parkside, which is in the Unley Council area. The size of Parkside is approximately 1.4 square kilometres. It has four parks covering nearly 1% of the total area. It is approximately three kilometres from the Adelaide CBD and the population of Parkside is about 5,000 people. Yeah, Parkside's predominant age group is 30 to 39 years of age. Households in Parkside are predominantly childless couples and are likely to be repaying $1,800 to $2,399 a month on mortgage repayments. In general, people in Parkside work as a prof- in a professional occupation. Now, let's have a look at the property insights. At a glance, uh, the medium house price for property in Parkside is $770,000 with a minus 6.04% change in the last year. Uh, People will be paying about $510 per week for rent with a gross yield of 3.5%. Now, if we're looking at um, apartments or units, the medium house uh, unit price is $365,000, but has had a massive change in the last year of minus 13.76%. Now, people who are renting apartments or units will be paying $360 per week with a medium gross yield of 5.1%. And that is what the statistics are telling us in Parkside But now let's have a look at what's coming up for open homes this week in Parkside and also Karen's Open Home of the Week. Let's find out what Karen picked as the Open Home of the Week. Hi everyone, Karen here to bring you my Open Home of the Week. Now after viewing all the properties, Ron, the one that stood out to me for my Open Home of the Week is 29A George Street Parkside. Now this home has three bedrooms, two bathrooms and two car spaces and it's on 300 square metres of land. Now, Ron, what I liked about the property, it had a couple of good qualities and they are, as I was walking up the path on either side, they have mini pine trees and I continue walking through to the front door where they had three spacious bedrooms with the master bedroom had a good size ensuite and walk-in robe. I liked the open plan kitchen and family room, which extended to the courtyard, plus the kitchen featured plenty of bench space and cupboard space with walk-in pantry and granite bench tops. But my favourite room is where the French doors lead out to an European-style courtyard. Now, the person I think that this is suited to is a professional couple or an adult family. So the agency that is marketing the property is Crag Realty at Blackwood. Now the price guide is $795,000 to $835,000 and it is open for inspection today between 12pm to 12.30pm. So all the property details can be found on our Facebook page at Talking Real Estate. We also have three other homes for inspections today. Now, the first home is 9 Douglas Street, Parkside. This townhouse has three bedrooms, one bathroom and two car spaces on a 45 square metres of land. What I liked about this home was the lounge room, how it had the original open fireplace. Now, the price guide for this home is 800000 to 850000 And the agency marking this property is Owens Cassily at Unley. And the home is open for inspection between 12.30 to 1pm. Our second open home today is Unit 3, 8A Jaffrey Street, Parkside. This unit has one bedroom, one bathroom and one car space on a 47.2 square metres of land. 
What I liked is the small relaxing courtyard. The price guide for the unit is $315,000 to $345,000. The agency marketing the property is Harris at Kent Town and the home is open for inspection 12.30pm to 1pm. Now, our third open home is 12A Randolph Avenue Parkside. This home has three bedrooms, two bathrooms and two car spaces on a 309 square metres of land. I liked how they have a low-maintenance garden and entertainment area. The price guide for the property is 830000 to 880000 and the agency marketing this property is Alwyn's Cassily at Unley and the home is open for inspection at 3pm to 3.30pm. So now let's have a look at all the rental properties that can be inspected today at Parkside. The first one we've got there is 307-1 George Street at Parkside. Now this is a brand new apartment. It has two bedrooms, two bathrooms and one car accommodation. The agency marketing this is McWilliams Real Estate. The price uh, per week for this one is $535 and asking rental bond of $3,000. $1,210 and can be inspected today between 11.45am and 12pm. The next available property for rent is 115 Leicester Street Parkside. This is a house. It contains three bedrooms, one bathroom. There's no car space available. Um, it is with Harris Real Estate and it's being offered for $495 per week and can be inspected today between 11.55am to 12.25pm. The next property is at 301 slash 1 George Street Parkside. This is a brand new apartment. It has three bedroom, two bathroom, one car accommodation and is being uh, marketed by McWilliams Real Estate. The price guide on this one, it is $575 per week and has a rental bond of $3,450. And this can be inspected once again today between 12pm and 12 15 p.m. The last rental property on our list at Parkside is 47 Castle Street Parkside. This is a house. It's two bedroom, one bathroom. Uh, it is being marketed by Harris Real Estate and it is being offered for $410 per week and can be viewed today between 12.35 and 1.05 p.m. And that is all the rental properties at Parkside being open today. Well, that is the end of Talking Real Estate for this week. Don't forget to book your tickets for the Voice of Italy fundraising concert at Woodville Town Hall on the 13th of November. Tickets are not going to last. You've only got two weeks before the, the show commences. So give us a call here during office hours on 8212-3177 or you can come into the studio at 265 Sturt Street, Adelaide. We've also got some tickets available for How to Master Your Brain and Change Negative Thinking. This will be held on November the 20th and once again you can contact the radio station on 8212-3177. I would like to thank our guest this week, Chris Waterman from Waterman Property Advocates and also I'd like to thank our co-producer Karen Fiedler for producing the show with me and filming us on Facebook Live. Stay with Radio Italia Uno for Sports Agenda with Mark and Billy at 11am today. Until next week, I'm Ron Fiedler. Bye for now. You have been listening to Talking Real Estate on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM. Thanks to our sponsors. To listen to our program again, go to our podcast on our Facebook page or at talkingrealestate.com.au. Welcome to Radio Italia Uno's Talking Real Estate. 
an informative and engaging hour discussing everything you need to know about the world of real estate in Adelaide and around the country. Your host, Ron Fiedler, will provide you with insight and guidance from real estate experts on how to buy, sell, finance, and invest in real estate and much more. Now sit back and relax with your host for Radio Italia Uno's Talking Real Estate, Ron Fiedler. Hello and welcome to this week's Talking Real Estate. I am Ron Fiedler, your host, and as always, I am joined in the Radio Italia Uno studios by our co-producer, Karen Fiedler, who is filming us on Facebook Live. On the show today, in real estate news, we'll report on why house hunters are heading to Gawler in search of an affordable tree change. All the auction numbers from last weekend. From Italy, Idealista is reporting on the six ways in which real estate agents' jobs have changed during COVID-19 and eight things you need to know before moving to Italy. The Italian property of the week is a luxury historic residence in Alessandria. In our weekly interview, we speak with Chris Waterman from Waterman Property Advocates about why you may want to use the services of an independent property advocate when selling your home. We head over to Parkside for our open home and upcoming auctions. And as always, we'll bring you Karen's open home of the week. And don't forget, if you wish to contact us during the show, you can on WhatsApp. The number is 0412-433-411. So let's not hang around and get ready for Adelaide's only independent real estate show, Talking Real Estate. All information provided on Talking Real Estate has been obtained from sources we believe to be accurate and correct at time of broadcasting. However, we cannot guarantee the information accuracy and we accept no liability for any errors or omissions. Interested parties should make their own inquiries and obtain their own legal advice. In real estate news this week, the advertiser's Tom Bowden is reporting on how house hunters are heading to Gawler in search of an affordable tree change. The Gawler area is fast emerging as a hotspot for people seeking an affordable tree change with commutable distance of the CBD. Hardcore Sergeant's agent Jane Tosler said Gawler's five suburbs, Gawler, Gawler East, Gawler South, Gawler North and Gawler Belt were in more demand than ever, particularly since the completion of the Northern Expressway. People want to get back to having that lifestyle, growing your own food and having your own chooks, particularly in the last portion of this year with the pandemic, she said. Key property takeaways from the 2020 federal budget, I'm dealing with a lot more city people who want that lifestyle. Gawler used to be that country town, but now it's on the edge of Adelaide. Everything's there for you. According to realestate.com.au data, Gawler West house prices have increased by 4.7% over the past year to a medium house price of $246,000. They are also up 1.1% over the past three years and 11.2% over the past five years. Gawler South homes are up by 6.7% for the the year to $342,750. They're also risen to an impressive 16.8% over the past three years and 18.2% over the past five years. Ainsley James is selling his heritage home at 12th Street, Gawler South, but plans to stay in the area his family loves. With the new expressway, it's really not that far from the city, he says. We feel like we're entrenched in the area that's got that country feel, but has got access to everything the family needs. The advertiser's Jessica Brown is reporting on the home of the late radio shock jock Bob Francis has hit the market. The North Adelaide house that prominent and controversial radio shock jock the late Bob Francis called home has hit the market. His wife Anna is selling the three-bedroom house at 153 Buxton Street about 15 years after they brought it. 
It comes four years after the radio legend, who was known for being professionally revolutionary and deliberately offensive, died suddenly at age 77. Bob passed away four years ago. I think it's time to move on, Miss Francis said. I think it's best to move now when I've got the energy. The couple moved into the property, which is on a 167 square metre block and has a pool shortly before getting married. When he proposed, I said, we're going to have to get a bigger place, Miss Francis said. He said, it's got to be in North Adelaide. My daughter actually found this house in the advertiser on a Saturday morning. It was the first house they looked at and Miss Francis said she knew it was the one from the moment they stepped inside. A house can give you a feeling from the moment you step into it. I felt that when I walked into this house, she said. The moment we walked in, I said, oh yes, this is perfect and I've never regretted that decision. We couldn't have designed it better for our purposes at the time. Bob and I were very happy here. Whoever buys it is going to love it. LJ Hooker, Westlake and Henley Beach agents who were selling the property said the property was attracting a lot of interest from both house hunters and fans of Big Bad Bob. We're getting a combination of executive couples and families and we've had a little bit of interest from overseas, he said. The property is listed without a price tag. We've offers accepted until November 12th at 1pm. And the domain.com.au Sarah Webb reports on the best performing property markets in Australia. A mass migration from Australia's major cities has fuelled a price surge in regional property markets as most coastal towns and rural hubs across the country outperform their respective capitals in medium growth over the past quarter. According to the last Domain House Price Report, which tracked properties for the September quarter this year, smaller cities surged ahead of Sydney and Melbourne. Some markets enjoyed a more than 10% medium price rise over the past three months alone. Units in the central coast of New South Wales rose a whopping 10% over the past quarter to $535,000 and an incredible 24.4% over the past 12 months, while prices for units in the Melbourne West region soared by 10.2% over the past three months. In Hobart, house prices soared to record highs over the quarter, raising 6.9% to $555,754 and pushing annual growth to 15.7%. Domain Senior Research Analysis Nicole Powell said the rising tree change trend coupled with the sheer affordability have fueled the regional markets in smaller cities throughout the coronavirus pandemic with the lure of lifestyle and better bank for buck particularly driving Sydney and Melbourne buyers away from the bright lights. When you compare the capital cities to the rest of the state, what we have seen in regional Victoria and New South Wales have outperformed their respective capitals and it's the same for Queensland and Western Australia. In Tasmania, the regional markets has performed the same as Hobart, Dr Powell said. So it really highlights the strength of our regional markets. Prices and lifestyle are simply pushing people out. While the latest domain report has told a tale of two markets across the country, property prices still managed to rise nationally by 0.9% over the past quarter, with low interest rates and government incentives continuing to boost buyer activity. In Darwin, the medium house price recorded the second strongest quarter growth of all the capital cities behind Hobart and the strongest medium unit price increase. Across Adelaide, property prices are now at record highs, with houses experiencing the largest jump since the late 2013s, bringing the medium price to $564,927. In Perth, both houses and units prices rose slightly over the September quarter, with house prices recording the strongest annual gain in six years, bringing the medium price to $534,336. And that is what's being reported this week in Real Estate News. And now on Radio Italia Uno, Talking Real Estate, the weekly snapshot. The week that was in real estate from Adelaide and around the country. 
CoreLogic is reporting for the 26th of October 2020 that there were 1,456 capital city homes taken to auction this week, the largest volume of auctions seen since early April. According to the preliminary figures of the 1,100 results collected so far, 842 were successful auctions. This equates to a 76.2% clearance rate, which is higher than last week's preliminary clearance rate of 72.4% across a lower 1,131 auctions, later revised down to 66.2% by final collection on Wednesday. One year ago, a much higher 2,000 1,622 capital city auctions took place with a 72.2% success rate. Across the smaller cities, Adelaide and Canberra both returned clearance rates above 80% this week. However, Canberra was the better performer with a higher clearance rate and a rise in weekly volumes. In our home state of South Australia, in South Australia our clearance rate was 83.3% with a total of 60 auctions with 60 being reported. Adelaide had 7 properties sold prior to auction, 31 properties sold at auction, 2 properties sold after auction with 16 properties passed in and 4 withdrawn from the auction process. So we had 40 properties cleared by the auction process and 20 uncleared auctions. And there were 425 non-auction private treaty sales. In other states, the other states reported clearance rates as follows. Brisbane had a 56.5% clearance rate. Canberra's clearance rate was 84%. Melbourne, 72.6%. Perth had 22.2% clearance rate. Sydney's clearance rate was 80.4%. Tasmania had a 50% clearance rate with two auctions, one sold at auction and one passed in. In Adelaide, the top house that sold this week was a four-bed, two-bath, eight-car property on 606 square metres land at Francis Avenue, Fullerton, that sold for $1,105,000. And a two-bed, one-bath, one-car unit in Chatsworth Grove, Turek Gardens, that sold for $370,000. Now you're up to date with this week's Snapshot. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors with the Italian Property Report. Each week on Talking Real Estate, we get the best advice, tips and stories from real estate professionals from right here in Adelaide and around the country. So let's get the inside information and introduce this week's guest. Welcome back to the show. When it comes to selling property, you have two choices. You can sell the property yourself or hire the services of a real estate agent. But there is a third option a lot of people aren't aware of. Most people know about buyer's agents that work with buyers to find and buy property on their behalf. But what happens if you need independent advice and guidance when you want to sell your property? If you have not sold a property before, you're just not sure of the ins and outs required, time poor or need help to sell, then you can have someone to guide you and be on your side before, during and after the sale. Today on the program, we are joined in the studio by Chris Waterman from Waterman Property Advocates, who is going to talk to us about why a seller's advocate could be beneficial to you. Chris, welcome to Radio Italia Uno's Talking Real Estate. Thanks for having us. Chris, your company is unique in the real estate sector. Tell our listeners about yourself and your company. Well, there's not that much about me. I've been in real estate for 30 plus years. I stopped counting at 30 years. I think that's enough. <laughs> uh, but uh, we've had a, a varied background uh, in this business. The current business we had didn't kick off until uh, April 2003. Mm. Prior to that, I was general manager of a company with 55 staff and three officers. Uh, we've worked as a contract auctioneer. We've lectured at TAFE. We've run the traineeship program at, at TAFE. So we've we've got a pretty broad background in property and real estate agency. Yeah. But in 03, we set up a business buying property for people. We saw a, a, a need. Uh, we felt people weren't being looked after who, from the buying side. The, the traditional business looks after the vendors and looks yes. after them well. Uh, and then from that, we morphed into uh, property management, uh, assisting people selling uh, and clearing up property. So we've 
we've got a unique real estate model where I guess we just solve real estate problems for people. Chris, you're very much an all-rounder in the real estate industry. When we were talking at your office, I noticed that you had systems in place so that you can serve all clientele uniquely. Yeah, I mean, as I say, we started as exclusively as buyer agents, yep. uh, and that is still the core of our business, buying, buying property for people. I mean, there are a lot of people out there who don't know what they're doing or they, yep. they may live in the country or there's a multitude of reasons why they might need a hand to buy a property. But um, from that, people uh, came to us and said, look, can you help us sell our property? And mm. in the end, we we set up this business called Seller Advocacy. We had people who weren't happy with their property management. So uh, we'd been, as I said, general manager of quite a big company with quite a big rent roll. So we set that up and as I say, we're problem solvers. So, Chris, our listeners have heard of a buyer's agent that helps buyers purchase properties, but may not be so familiar with a property advocate. What does a seller's advocate do? Well, whether you call us seller's advocates or vendor's advocates, look, there's an awful lot of people out there who really find real estate a bit of a mystery. They don't know what to do. Yep. They don't know how to do it or... There might be conflicts in the family or there might be a whole pile of reasons. Uh, what we do basically is uh, we run a, a process where we uh, select the appropriate agent, the appropriate method of sale with the appropriate cost factor to get the best commercial results someone can do. So basically you've just covered this, but what are the benefits of using a, a seller's advocate? Like why would I just not do it myself? Well, as I said, most people only buy or sell a property two or three times in their life. They're not experienced with it. Yes. It is a complex process and getting it right uh, can mean many, many, many thousands of dollars. So what you're tapping into is my 30-odd years of knowledge. Uh, yes. My unique expertise is the fact that I have probably become the poacher turned gamekeeper by uh, ceasing to be a selling agent and being a buyer's agent. I've got to see it from both sides. And the process that we have in place, uh, we don't charge for that, uh, our service. Uh, well, and when I say we don't charge, we don't have a direct charge to the client. We get a referral fee from the agent we appoint. But so I guess what you're getting is two agents working for you. Yeah. Um, the process we use is, is a, a simple process where three agents, and we work very hard at selecting the right agents, yep. are invited to tender for the business. Okay, so so basically they've got to put their best foot forward of what they're going to provide and how they're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, and it's the core things. You know, what do they think they're going to sell it for? Yep. What's it got to look like to get that price? Mm -hmm. How long are they going to take to sell it? Yes. Give us some references. What method of sale are you going to recommend? What marketing are you going to recommend? And last of all is the fees. It's not all about getting the cheapest, 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 because as you yes. know in life, you only get what you pay for. Of course. But what it is about is getting a, a good result for our clients, and we've got a very good track record in that area as getting the cost right yep. and the balance right. So, Chris, can you also advise when sellers need to engage with other services, such as conveyances, solicitors, tradespeople, or other services that are needed before or during the sale? Sure. Yeah, look, we do a lot of this. Um, particularly in the area of doing up houses, um, we run like a project management. We've got all the solicitors, mortgage brokers, tradespeople, all those people on tap, but really presenting houses properly today is a bit of an art form. Yep. There's no sense spending any money if you don't get a return on it. Recently, I was involved in a sale down south and I had to beg these people to spend some money on the property. I said, look, if you don't spend any money on this property, it was a little run down. Mm -hmm. I said, if you don't spend any money, you're going to get 380, 390. Very unlikely you'll get 400. Yeah. You spend 10 or 20,000 on this place, you should get in the 440 to 460 region. Well, we recarpeted it, we did the garden, we painted the place, and we cleaned it up, and we did a whole pile of things. We spent well, twelve, fourteen thousand dollars—I can't quite remember off the figure—and we got four hundred and sixty-two for it. So that's the sort of advice you're getting. If I didn't think it was worth it, we wouldn't have spent a penny. Well, that's the thing with a a seller's advocate is you're benefiting the client, but you also benefit yourself because if you can sell it for more, of course, yeah. you get you'll get more, and that's the whole purpose of it is to try to get the top. I mean, the core thing is to get the, the best price and the best possible terms and conditions for the client. How do you work with the seller to work out a sales price and method of sale to be used? 
Well, it's a collaborative process um, and we start by getting the agents through. I do not do any homework until I've had the three agents through. Right. And the reason I do that is I found off early on if I was saying things, they would just mirror that back in their tender to what I'd said. Oh, I see. So I get the agents through. I don't read their tenders. I then sit down and work out what I think the property will sell for uh, and what it's got to look like to get that price. I then sit down and uh, work out what I think is the best method of sale. Mm -hmm. And then I'll sit down with the client or clients uh, with the three submissions and my own notes and uh, report, and we work through it all from there. And I will make a recommendation, which I think is the best agent to use. Sometimes they've already fallen in love with one of the ones that go through, and that's fine too. Of course, of course. But that's the thing. if you've got someone that's probably um, independent, it, it makes it a much easier decision to make. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the whole current system, and there's nothing wrong with the system, yep. is that they represent the seller. Mm-hmm. They are the vendor's agent. I am an independent advocate coming in saying, you know, have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? Maybe we should do this. Maybe we shouldn't do this, you know. And yeah. they're getting my 30-odd years of experience at a bargain price because really, as I said, we don't charge, we just get a referral fee. We are speaking with Chris Waterman from Waterman Property Advocates. Chris, how do you determine if a seller needs to renovate or fix items around the home to increase its value before sale? Oh, that's a process of, of looking at the condition of the house and at the sales prices of other houses that have gone in the area and what they look like to achieve that maximum price. Yeah. Now, is it going to cost us 5000 10000 50000 to bring that house up to it? Hey, what will we get for it if we don't do it? Yes, yes. That's where you really start. And then you start saying, well, if I do this, I do this, I should get that. Uh, and many times we don't do anything. Sometimes yeah. you're just better off. You know, there's a lot of redevelopment happening in the urban infill in Adelaide uh, where houses are being knocked over and two or three are being put up. Or Yes. And so there's simply no reason to spend any money. So some people can just simply have a house and you can just walk in and say, hey, this house is exactly what people want. We don't need to spend a cent. Let's get it on the market. You take some of the inner city old character houses that haven't had any money spent on it for 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Well, they're just prime right for renovation. There's no sense spending any money. There's mm. no sense putting a new garden in or repainting or carpeting because whoever buys it's going to knock it all over, clean it all out and start from scratch. And that's where I was saying, Chris, that an independent advocate like yourself will give you that advice because yeah. I, I do remember a property that we recently saw. saw. It was overcapitalised. They put solar panels on. They, they just renovated the house throughout. They didn't get their money. No. Look, there's agents around this town and, and you know, I, this is not meant to be critical, but they're, they're virtually getting people to move out of the house. They're repainting mm. them. They're doing every, all this work to it. And they'd be lucky to be getting the money back. So, Chris, we did just touch on this, but how do you get paid as a seller's advocate? Are there extra costs involved? The cost factor is quite simple. Whatever comes in as the tender from the agent selected is what you pay. I get a percentage of the commission that that agent receives. Now, the only other extra cost may come involved is if if I get engaged to do the renovations or rejuvenations of the property – I, I get all the tradespeople, the pay, tradespeople are paid direct and I get a project marketing fee for doing that. So if there's no work done, I don't get any extra and my services are totally free. So why wouldn't people use you? I think that this is a perfect opportunity to have someone else come in as an independent person, of course, and be able to advise people and it's not going to cost you. Well, it's starting to happen in, in, in quite a big way, really. I mean, even the courts are using us in uh, divorce cases where people can't agree on what agent to use. Is I'm getting right? pulled in as an independent. We're doing a lot of work with estates when there's disputes amongst the beneficiaries and they can't agree. So we come in and sort that all out and act totally independently and just work for the best interest of getting the best result. That's it. It's the best result. And also, there are people out there, and we were talking about this in your office, um, that may be just never sold a house in their life. No. And, and they just don't know what to do. They don't know what agent's going to be right for them. They don't know um, the whole selling process. And someone like you can take them and guide them through that. 
That's how this business started. A friend of mine was a financial planner. He asked me to go out and see a lady who lived at uh, Athelston in the foothills. She was moving into independent living. She'd never bought or sold a house. She was in the house on her own. We got to talking and a business starts. So, Chris, I've done some research and, you know, you're pretty spot on with what you do. But what happens if a property just doesn't sell or the owner decides to take it off the market? I don't know what happens if a property doesn't sell because I've never had that problem. And that's what I said before about my research. You're pretty spot on on what you do. But if someone withdraws, never forget the owner of the property is in charge. It is their property. They're the principal. Some agents tend to forget that. But the vendor or the seller, call them what you like, it is their property. They are in charge. If they want to withdraw it, they have to withdraw it. Now, if you withdraw, you will have accumulated fees with the agents. You Mm -hmm. may have had to pay them up front. You may not. When you deal with me, we arrange that it is paid at settlement, not up front, which is another benefit of dealing with us. But, you know, if if they've put the property on the internet and put a sign on it and had the photographs taken and produced the brochure, they've probably spent $2,500 or something like that. Well, obviously, if you're going to withdraw the property from the market, that has to be paid. Of course. But as as we were saying, if, if you've got someone like yourself who's interviewing agents, you're going to pick that right agent. So therefore, they should be able to get the, the marketing correct. They should be able to get the price spot on for that area. The only reason they withdraw normally is they win lotto. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might upgrade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chris, how can our listeners contact you if they would like more advice on engaging you to sell their property or to be their advocate? Ah, look, the easiest thing's probably dear old Google. Google Waterman property and you'll find me. Probably Google Chris Waterman and you'll find me. Or if you're near the radio station here, we're just round the corner in Gilbert Street uh, here in the city, central for everyone, just opposite the Duke of Brunswick Hotel. And, of course, after the show today, we're going to have all of Chris's details on our Facebook page. So you'll be able to get his details from there. Or if you see me around, you can just ask me and I'll be able to give you Chris's details. So a property advocate can take out the stress of selling your home. They are with you every step of the way. They are on your side working to achieve your goals and take out the hassle that comes with preparing your home for sale, choosing the right agent and negotiating with the buyer to get the best possible price for your home. And they may even save you money with the real estate agency selling fees. By using the services of someone like Chris from Waterman Property Advocates, you know you're going to get independent advice. To contact Chris Waterman, you can go to his website, watermanpa.com.au or call the office on 08 5407. Chris, thanks for joining us today on Talking Real Estate. Thanks for inviting me. It's been a bit of fun and I hope some people have learned a bit. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors with our upcoming open homes and auctions and Karen's Open Home of the Week. Now it's time on Radio Italia Uno to head over to Italy and find out about the Italian property market. This week in the Italian Property Report, Idealista is reporting the six ways in which the job of a real estate agent has changed during COVID. House buyers in Italy can rest assured that Italian real estate agencies are taking all the necessary precautions and making house buying as easy as possible at this time. During the pandemic, the real estate industry in Italy was greatly affected due to the fact that visits to properties couldn't be carried out as normal and the market saw itself paralysed for months. However, the real estate sector soon found a way to move forward thanks to changes and flexibility from real estate agents who have faced many challenges in 2020. Real estate agents in Italy have been working hard to make the house buying process during the pandemic as easy as possible, as well as ensuring that necessary health and hygiene regulations are obeyed. With the help of Colwell Banker, let's have a look at the main challenges for real estate agents in Italy as a result of COVID-19 pandemic. In full compliance with current regulations, 
Foundation's visits to properties are only made with masks and only after both client and agent have had their temperatures taken. Finally, the property should be sanitised before all visits which take place by appointment only. Virtual tours and the use of technology. With the need to reduce physical contact with buyers as much as possible, the agent's job is to present a property in the safest way. However, due to the virus, there has also been a significant rise in the use of technology in the real estate sector in Italy, and properties are increasingly being shown online using various different tools. Increasingly accurate and high-definition photos of every corner of the house, virtual tours and online meetings are just some of the techniques adopted in this particular historic moment. On top of this, deals are also being closed online thanks once again to the increasing use of technology including digital signatures and being able to send the necessary documentation digitally so as to further reduce interpersonal contact. Optimization of time. Lorenzo Tinnelli, a broker at Qualwell Banker, Prestige in Rome states that people today have less and less time to waste and already by viewing a property online they want to have a precise picture of all the information they need. It is no longer conceivable to discover some sort of new work or renovation that needs to be carried out when signing the contract. For this reason as agents we are equipped to offer the support of planners and experts who can give the client a more complete picture of the property at the time of purchase so as to optimize their time to the maximum. New skills, according to Frederica Bartonelli from Colwell Banker Gedoa Agency in Rome, a real estate agent's work has changed and continues to adapt to this ever-changing historic moment. Legal, technical and physical skills are just as important as commercial skills. We are required to have an all-round preparation. Fewer appointments, Frederica also states that people know what they are looking for and the decision-making process is faster, which is why we often only have one chance, one appointment to impress the client. This means that despite an initial long telematic phase, the impression ones get is that a live visit, especially when buying and selling an asset as important as one's own home, cannot be completely replaced by virtual visits which in any case are of great help in maximising the time available. Agents therefore have only one chance to conclude the sale, unlike pre-COVID times where the buyer used to book two or more appointments per property. Use of social networks. Social networks also play an important role in today's negotiations, says Francesco Suzu from Cowell Banker Botany International Real Estate in Milan. The agency's social channels certainly do not replace online listings, the main channel for the involvement of potential buyers, but they are a great source to an agent's brand identity, creating an initial relationship of trust with the buyer. And that is the six ways that real estate agents have changed the way they work in Italy. Italia 1 Idealista is also reporting on the eight things to know before moving to Italy. Living and working abroad and moving to Italy is an exciting prospect, but planning for a big move abroad can be stressful, especially with the additional uncertainty that 2020 brings. And you're not alone. According to the latest government figures, Italy is home to over 5 million foreign residents, amounting to 8.2% of the country's population. With everything Italy has to offer, from a pleasant climate to its relaxing way of life and world-famous food, that number is set to increase with a life in Italy more appealing than ever in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic across the world. Therefore, if you're thinking of moving to Italy as an expat at Idealista, we are here to help, they say. It's time to have a look at some of the most important things that you need to know before moving to Italy from paperwork and finances to cultures and customs. Learning some Italian before moving. 
Moving to a new country involves embracing a new culture, and with this comes what may be a brand new language for many. Even if you are planning to move to an area that is already home to expats from your native country, it is always a good idea to brush up on your Italian language skills before you move for several reasons. Although English levels are improving in Italy, even in the most touristy areas, you'll struggle to find Italians who are fluent in English, and it's always appreciated if you have some Italian to get by. It is a good idea to learn some phases before you go, or you could also sign up to a language school school once you touch down in Italy. It is often reported that expats that make the effort to learn the language of their new home, in this case Italian, generally report a higher satisfaction levels with their new life and besides being a useful factor in finding a higher paid job. Being able to speak and understand at least some Italian would also be of great help if you plan to rent or buy property in Italy. Prepare your paperwork. When people move to Italy, very often they are astonished by how much paperwork there is to do and also by how little of it can be done online. The online process has slightly improved due to the coronavirus lockdown, but in most cases you should still prepare yourself to stand in queues in public offices. As an expat, you will have to apply for several different items of paperwork once you arrive, such as your new residential documents if you're British and are affected by Brexit. The process can be frustrating if you aren't prepared, so a word of advice. The level of professionalism and knowledge amongst officers and civil servants varies rapidly from province to province in Italy, as do the processing times and procedures. So be patient and assertive and it will be worth the wait in the end. The cost of living. The ease and beauty of the Italian lifestyle, such as being able to eat ice cream all year round without judgment, does come at a premium price, as Italy is reported to be one of the most expensive countries in Europe in 2020. Cost of living in Italy does significantly vary depending on where you are based, with the northern part of the country generally wealthier and more expensive compared to the southern regions. Keep in mind that prices in Italy's big cities such as Milan, Rome and Florence are amongst the most expensive in the country, largely due to tourism. Health insurance is a good idea. Italy has its own equivalent to Medicare, SSN, which has a generally good reputation. Also, some Australians are covered for some procedures in Italy under our Medicare, but you'll need to check these out before going. Like many things in Italy, the standard of care also tends to vary across the country. You might want to opt for private health insurance due to increasing pressure on the health uh, public health service. Having private cover in Italy generally means you'll get an appointment quicker. Buying property in Italy is not going to be the same as back in Australia and is especially challenging if you don't speak any Italian. For this reason, it is important to do your research and, if necessary, seek the help of a professional who, if nothing else, will be able to help you through the Italian web of paperwork. Things often can be done illegally with many advertisers trying to offer you a flat for rent without a contract or state that you must pay in cash for example. Finances are another important step to consider before moving to Italy and if you're considering living in the country on a long-term basis then opening a bank account is a highly necessary step and yet more paperwork. Once again opening a bank account in Italy is not always easy for foreigners due to the fact that many banks refuse foreigners who don't have a residency permit. Doing your research of different banks is therefore very important and you should also be aware that certain banks will charge you some monthly fees if you don't meet certain conditions.
Also consider coffee is in the blood. It is no myth that Italians love their coffee, with many natives having six or seven espresso shots on the average day. Take note that the Italian coffees are much smaller than the Australian coffees you may order, and that the famous cappuccino is generally a breakfast drink. If you order one about 11am, you may start to get some strange looks. The coffee bar or simply bar in Italy is a real institution, a place where people of all ages gather for coffee amongst other tasty delights and is one of the main elements in the centre of a typical Italian social life. And in conclusion... Do your research. As with moving abroad in any situation, it is vitally important to do your research to avoid any unpleasant surprises upon arriving in Italy. The things that we have touched on on this article are just some simple guidelines to help you know what to expect when you move to Italy, but by no means are an exhaustive list of everything you need to consider. Therefore, to make your move to be as straightforward as possible, do as much research as you can, including including thoroughly researching of the area you plan to live in, schools, local services and job opportunities to the weather, local foods and legal procedures. And that's what the property news coming out of Italy is this week. Italia 1 87.6 And now on Talking Real Estate, the Italian Property of the Week from Idealista is a luxury historic residence in Alessandria. In the small village in the province of Alessandria, in the hills of Montefretto, you'll find this luxury resident for sale. A unique property rich in history and abundance in Italian charm, this mansion is not to be missed. The property consists of three main parts which are arranged around an elegant internal courtyard which also overlooks a large terrace adding up to a surface area of 1,000 square metres. Views of the 600 square metre garden and the seamless unending countryside can also be enjoyed from the balcony that extends around the perimeter of the house. The beautiful property dates back to the 19th century and showcases a wealth of original features. A recent restoration project has kept all the original charm of the structure intact given by the characteristic stone walls typical of the area and the prestigious 19th century finishes such as the fresco that adores the majority of the rooms. The ground floor of this mansion is home to a range of spacious living areas as well as dining and function rooms and a traditional kitchen. The six large bedrooms are separated throughout the first and second floor, as well as a smaller reading room which could equally be converted into an office. The property has a total of five bathrooms. The main villa is connected to a former barn, and next to this building you can also find the dwelling once used as the caretaker's house, which has the potential to be used as an extra accommodation. All of these unique and luxurious touches make this the perfect property for all the family and even an investment opportunity for those who want to let out parts of the property. This beautiful Italian mansion could be yours and is now for sale on Idealista for €1,800,000 or $2,980,044 Australian dollars. If you would like to have a look at this property for yourself, just go to our Facebook page, Talking Real Estate, after the show. We'll be back after the break with our weekly guest, Chris Waterman from Waterman Property Advocates.